Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. And while you're standing, while you stand just for one moment, I really want to just salute and honor. The Bible says give honor where it's due. You know how like the rent is due? The honor's due. Because great churches don't fall from the sky. It takes a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of perseverance, a lot of coffee. Somebody say amen to that. And so we want to honor Pastor John and Pastor Debbie and salute their faithfulness and their perseverance. Can we honor them one time and thank God for their lives? Why don't we clap and thank God for all the pastors? Come on, all the kids, pastors, and the worship team. Everybody serving today. Let's honor all the volunteers. All right, give somebody a high five next to you and tell them it's good to be in church. Come on, tell somebody next to you. It's good to be in church. You can be seated today. You can be seated. If you have a Bible, go in your Bible to 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 5. It is great to be at James River Church in Springfield, Missouri. And I got to tell you, I came for the first time a few summers ago, and I fell in love with Missouri. I'm not saying go Chiefs, but I fell in love with Missouri, okay? And I fell in love with Branson, to be honest. So I brought my boys, and after this service, we're going to go party in Branson. You can catch me at, what's the water park called? Catch me at Whitewater, y'all. But I love this city. I love this church. And uh, I want to give a plug, by the way. All the ladies in the place, let me hear all the ladies. Okay. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are going to be at the women's conference this fall. And so we can't wait. Make sure you join us for that. Does that sound good? Okay, 1 Peter chapter 5. Are you there in your cell phone? You like that? Because that's people's Bibles now. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want to talk to you today about the difference between pride and humility. And I want to contrast these two things that are lurking in your life and I want to let you know from the start that pride will destroy you while humility will build you. Pride, they say, is the only disease that makes everybody else sick besides the person that has it. One time when I was in college, I, went, I was living in L.A. the first time. And I went to my buddy's uh, dorm at Biola University. And in his quadrant, they had this huge poster. Two words, huge font. Like the size font that my mom uses on her cell phone. <laughs> Two words. Pride sucks. It does, doesn't it? Pride will suck the life right out of you. You know, it's pride that keeps you from saying, I'm sorry. It's pride that keeps you from telling somebody you love them. It's pride that keeps you from worshiping Jesus. It's pride. And the Bible says, 
before destruction comes, you can see that pride comes. Pride comes and then the fall. So if you ever see a marriage destroyed or a nation destroyed, if you ever see a, a, a business go sideways, you can always trace it back to a haughty spirit. And the Bible says if you exalt yourself, God is forced to humble you. God humbles you not because he's mad at you, because he knows he can do nothing with you if you're prideful. But God gives grace to the humble. God puts his hand on somebody that is humble on their life. God loves humble people. In fact, we're going to read it in our verse, but the Bible is vehemently opposed to prideful people. In fact, it says that he opposes the proud. You ever see um, the Heisman Trophy, the college trophy, you know, the, the, hose, the Heisman Trophy pose? He's got the football in the left hand, and he's got the stiff arm. Don't judge my pajama pants today. Just, you know, just, just keep on focusing on Jesus. And, and don't look at my ankles either when I do this. Just <laughs> And so um, he opposes the proud. God says, when you operate in pride, I can't even, I'm not on your team anymore. I'm not on your side anymore because I oppose the proud, but I give grace to the humble. By the way, the definition of grace is undeserved blessing and unmerited favor. So I don't know about you, but I need God's grace, anybody else. God says, I will pour out grace on humble folk. Let's read together 1 Peter chapter 5. Watch what he says. And likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. That's a word. Now, I'm in my 40s, y'all. I got four kids, four chest hair, and a minivan. I can say that now. <laughs> submit yourself to your elders. It's like, bro, calm down. <laughs> likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So it's my job to get under the mighty hand of God, and when God sees the time is right, God will exalt me. Let me just teach you something about God. If you promote yourself, you're going to keep having to promote yourself. But if God promotes you, doesn't matter what anybody tries to cancel what God has set in motion. Anybody thankful today that God can exalt your life and take you to places that you never dreamt, imagined, or even asked for. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. It's my job to go low, go low, go low. I want to encourage you, go low. Pastor Louis Giglio is coming to preach in a few weeks. He's going to be here for the sizzling summer. And, and Pastor Louis Giglio, uh, a couple years ago, uh, during, during COVID era, I was, I was in Atlanta preaching for him. And so we went to dinner after the service. And after the great service and the great dinner, we are leaving and going our separate ways in the parking lot, kind of waiting in the valet area. And Pastor Louis... He, he, he grabs my, my arm and he looks in my eyes and he says, hey, just remember, I want you to go low. Now, when Louis Giglio grabs your forearm and looks you in the eyes and tells you to go low, 
you look him in his eyes and you go, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And then he's just holding my forearm. And he says, no, I want, I want, you, to, I want you to go low. So I stared back into those eyes. I said, yes, yes. And then he let go. And I was like, oh, thank you, God. And he went his way and I went my way. And then about six to nine months later, I happened to be in his city. And so we went out to breakfast. And we had a fantastic breakfast. And we had about a two-hour breakfast. And as we were leaving the breakfast, we were in the, you know, the time when you leave, you know, and you say your goodbyes. And he grabs my forearm and I go, uh-oh. He looks me in the eyes and he goes, hey, I want you to. And in my head, I was like, go low. He goes, I want you to, I want you to go low. And I was like, yes. That's exactly what we're going to do. He's like, no. And I'm in my head, go low again. Yep, 100%. And I'm telling you, when he said this to me the second time, I went home and I thought, do I have sin in my life that I don't know about? Is he seeing something in me that I don't recognize? All I could hear the Holy Spirit say for a couple months is, go low. Go low. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Don't get prideful. Don't get cocky. Don't get arrogant. Don't get self-assured. Don't rely on your gift. Don't live on your talent. Don't make life about you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and I want you to go low. Let me tell you the difference between pride and humility. A sinful, arrogant, haughty, self-reliant attitude or spirit that causes a person to have an inflated or puffed-up view of themselves. Those who are proud think of themselves as better than others and look down on others with contempt. Remember that story Jesus told about two people that rock up to church. They come into James River during the prayer meeting and one of them can't even look up his eyes and, he can't, and he's beating his chest and he's like, oh God, forgive me for I'm a sinner and I've been rooting for the Denver Broncos and I just am lost. Help me, Jesus. Can't even look up. And how about the other guy was over here, the Chiefs fan? Oh, come on, y'all, y'all prideful people. And, and the other guy looked around and he said, Lord Jesus, I thank you that I'm not like that family. And I thank you I'm not like that demographic. And I thank you I didn't vote like them people. And I don't talk like those folks. And I don't drive that car. And I thank you that I'm better than them. And God said, which one do you think left justified that day? The prideful person or the humble person? Anybody thankful today that I can come before the Lord with a spirit of humility and say, God, I don't deserve your grace, but it's by the grace of God that I am where I am. Give them a praise today. Watch humility. Humility. Seeing ourselves as we truly are. Fallen in sin and helpless without God. Humility is often characterized as genuine gratitude. A lack of arrogance and a modest view of oneself. A modest view of oneself. A, mo a modest view of oneself, an appropriate view. Humility is not thinking less about myself. Humility is thinking less about myself. 
It's thinking more about others. It's the difference of someone that walks into a room and goes, here I am, versus a person that walks into a room and goes, there you are. There you are. There you are. I just want to encourage you today. The reason why God is moving in this incredible world-changing church is because of the leadership and because of the spirit of this house that says we will refuse the spirit of pride, but we will embrace the spirit of humility. And in the same way that God loves a cheerful giver, God loves the spirit of humility. Wherever you see revival, you see humility. Wherever you see God moving and healing, you see humility. Humility is saying, I am utterly dependent. I got nothing without you. I brought nothing into this world. I'm taking nothing out of this world. I came in naked. I'm going to leave naked. But as for me, blessed be the name of the Lord. You're the big idea, not me. It's all about your name, not my name. It's all about your plan, not my plan. So I got to decrease because you got to increase. I want to preach a message today, write down the title. It's called No Ego, Amigo. (laughs) First time I heard that, we were in LA when COVID first happened. My wife and I, all we were doing is sitting at home eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And finally, because I started gaining weight in my ankles, We ordered a Peloton, and so the Peloton tread. So I was taking boot camp classes with an instructor named Jess Sims, and I was halfway through my first boot camp class, and she asked me to do an exercise that people like me are not built to do. And halfway through getting ready to quit on the exercise, through the plasma screen, I heard Jess Sims say, I know you want to quit, I know you look dumb right now, but no ego, amigo. And I was like, how does she, does she see me right now? No ego, amigo. It's time that we go low. It's time that God doesn't grab your forearm, but grabs the the heart of who you are and says, I will run my kingdom through your life and I will bless you beyond your wildest dreams and I'll use you in ways you never imagined if you will go low and you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Somebody say amen to that. Three things today to write down. Number one, humble people serve. Humble people, I love this about people that are humble. They serve. They love to serve. They don't look to take. They don't look to to leverage. They don't look to, to be the big idea. They look to add. They look to love. They look to encourage. They look to bless. Jesus, by the way, is our humble king. Jesus is the most humble. Jesus himself says, put it on the screen, I did not come to be served, I came to serve. And I want to let you know, you ain't living till you start giving. When you start giving and you start serving and you start making life about others, you're going to live the best life. Life is not about what you can get. Life is all about what you can give. And the Bible says those that refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. And I'm telling you, when you start serving and you show up to work to serve. By the way, faithfulness to come to church is not an attendance issue. Faithfulness to come to church is a heart issue. I came to serve today. I came to bless today. I came to exalt today. I came to make life not about me, but all about God. 
prideful people walk in. What can I get? What can I take? Hey, do people notice me? Am I a big idea? Am I, am I the big deal? And you got to be careful with that spirit because that spirit is all about me and mine. And if, before you're careful, you have created a me monster. Jesus said, I know who I am and I know where I'm going. And I want to let you know, I am a servant of the Father. I have come to give my life as a ransom. I am nothing. It's all about the Father. It's all about the mission. It's all about God. I am a servant. Jesus, Jesus, though he was rich, became poor. Though he had it all, he gave it all because he came to serve. And I'm telling you, the gateway into greatness in this kingdom is through the servant's gates. Jesus said the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Watch this. He goes, the greatest of them all is the servant of them all. If you serve, God calls you great. Life's not about what you can get. When I first moved to L.A., there was a guy that I had met that I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to believe for this guy's salvation and believe that he's going to get saved, and I'm going to believe that he comes to Christ, and he did. And so one time we were sitting and having a lunch one day, and he's got tattoos all over his body. So I was asking him about the tattoos. Tell me about the tattoos. Give me the Genesis story about some of these tattoos. So he's giving me the, you know, the, 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 the genesis of all you know, his tattoo stories. And on his forearm, this side said leverage, and on this side said monetize. Leverage, monetize. I said, man, tell me about leverage and monetize. He goes, oh. This is how I treat every relationship. I leverage them, I monetize them. Every friend I got, I'm looking to leverage and monetize. I looked at my friend, I go, oh, we different. <laughs> All my relationships, I look to serve and protect. Pride will get you operating, thinking about what can I get from them? How do they serve me? How can this help me? How can this benefit me? I'm networking. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to get there so I can get mine. No, no. I want to tell you that kingdom people do not look to get. They look to give. They do not look to be served. They look to serve. They look to help and to bless and to add and refresh and encourage. And I don't know about you, but today I got excited because I got an opportunity to bless somebody. I got an opportunity to encourage somebody. I got an opportunity to love somebody. Anybody thankful today that humble people have the privilege of serving God. The most important decision you will ever make in the history of your life is the decision to serve God. The second most important decision you will ever make in the history of your life is the attitude in which you choose to serve. Because attitude is everything. So I don't know about you, but I want the attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful for grace. I'm grateful for mercy. I'm grateful for calling. I'm grateful for provision. I'm grateful for blessing. Lord, with everything I got, how can I serve you and follow you and love you? Come on, clap today if you're grateful to serve the Lord. I don't follow God. I also serve God. Write down number two. Humble people care. 
Humble people care. They care. They care about others. The Lord, Psalm 145, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is slow to anger and he is great in mercy. Oh, I love this about, about Jesus followers. Jesus followers, they care. They care about poor people. They care about needy people. They care about people in prison. They care about people that don't know truth. They care about the hopeless. They care about humanity. They care about people that never met before. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have a problem. It's a caring problem. We care too much. And pride says, I don't care about them. The spirit of this world and the spirit of pride says, who cares? Prideful people say, that's their problem. And some people are going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to go, hey man, can I talk to you for a second? I just want to say thank you because um, remember that one time that I didn't have clothes and you got me some clothes? And remember that one time I didn't have a drink and you gave me a drink? Remember that one time I was in prison and you came and visited me? I just want to say thank you so much. And people are going to look at Jesus and be like, man, I'm no disrespect. I, when did we do that? And he said, what you did for the least of these, you did for me. And when you follow God, God starts to give you what, what the Bible calls compassion compassion. There'll be a tornado somewhere and you start to have tears watching your television because you got compassion on those people. You hear of, of evil things happening in our country and you, you follow the news and you're not desensitized, you're compassionate. Jesus was full of compassion. He was full of compassion. If you met Jesus, he was full of levity, he had a light spirit, and he cared so much. One of my favorite stories about Jesus is that he went by Nain. Nain is like past Branson like an hour and a half, okay? Nain's like middle of nowhere, like boondocks. And the Bible says Jesus is going by Nain, and as he's going by, there's a widow who, who has lost her only child. And they're going to bury her only child. She's already gone through so much grief because she lost her husband. Now she's also lost her only son. And when Jesus walks up on the scene, knowing full well he has the power to heal this, this kid and raise him from the dead, which he's about to do, before he performs a miracle, the first thing he does is he walks up to the coffin and he weeps with the woman. He has compassion on her. Why does he have compassion? Because he is compassion. And I want to let you know that Jesus has compassion on your situation. What you're walking through right now, what you're going through and what you're facing, Jesus doesn't look at you and go, that's your problem, that's your issue, good luck with that. No, God has compassion on the healing that you need. He has compassion on the provision that you need. Anybody thankful today that God cares, God sees, God knows, God is available? Come on, why don't we give him a, a, a clap of thanksgiving and a clap of praise because he cares. He cares. He cares. He cares. And I want to encourage you today to stop being so desensitized. Oh man, you know, that's their issue. That's their problem. No, it's not. When you follow God, their problems becomes our problem. You say, why do we want, we have a heart for missions and why do we want to go help and serve people and love people? Because we're not here to leverage and monetize. We're here to serve. We're here to give. We're here to bless. We're here to protect. 
And when you go low, God will break your heart. God will start to give you an unusual compassion for people that you don't. And God will start to give you creativity on how you can help bless people. I'll never forget one of my first times I came to Sizzling Summer. The guy that I was rolling around with was a guy, a guy named Justin. He's here for a long time, still part of the church. And Justin started telling me a story about how he wanted to help missions more. And he had a heart for missions. But he, financially where he's at, he didn't have a lot of money to give to missions. So he started a side hustle of flipping shoes to make money. And he said to the Lord, all the proceeds I make from this, I will give to missions. See, when you have care and compassion, you don't walk by someone on the side of the road and go, oh man, that's your fault. That's your problem. No, you try and do everything you can to help somebody. That's what I love what we're doing with youth building. Can we clap and thank God for the youth building that's being built right now? We're not going to make it the world's problem or the educator's problem. Come on, James River Church is going to step up and say, we care about the next generation. We're going to build a building so we can raise up the future leaders of the world. Why? Because we care. We care. Look at this next scripture. I love this about people that care. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, which I just got to say, Timothy, the present, to, to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. All, all those other guys, all those other guys are not genuinely concerned for your welfare. But you know Timothy, he's genuinely concerned. Everybody else seeks their own desires, not those of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today to develop a Timothy reputation that people know if I'm going through a divorce, I know you'll care about me. If I don't have money to put food on the table, I know you'll care about me. If I'm struggling with addiction, I know that you'll care about me. You'll care enough about, about me to pray for me. You'll care enough to tell me the truth. You'll care enough to follow up with me. You'll care enough to get in the word with me. You'll care enough to, to be with me in community. I don't know about you, but I want to be someone that's guilty of caring. I don't want to just go like, oh, I want to protect. It's about me and mine and my family and what we can get and what we can build and our legacy and our name and my children. No, I want to walk in humility. And as I walk in humility, God will break my heart for people I don't know and break my heart for people that I do know. And God will start to use me in ways that I never asked, never dreamt or imagined. But it's all about being humble because God will run his kingdom through humble people's lives. So humble people, humble people, they serve, they serve, they, they, they showed up to serve. Let me speak to all the married people today. All marriage unhappiness is rooted in selfishness, and all marriage bliss is rooting, rooted in serving. If you want to love your spouse, serve them. You want a good marriage? Serve your spouse. You want to have a home filled with discord and anger and resentment and bitterness? He said, she said, stop serving. Growing up, my dad on Saturdays used to take me to every wedding he was doing. And the reason why, on Saturdays we had to go to weddings, he was supplementing his income and it was a free lunch. 
and I could do my dad's whole wedding thing. Like his, all his verses, all of his jokes. I knew my dad's wedding message better than him. And every wedding, my dad, worship team, come join me. Every wedding, my dad would stand in front of these beautiful couple. And he'd look at the young boy, the man. And he'd say, sir, today is your wedding, but today is also your funeral. <laughs> this kid can't hear a word he's saying. He's, a... <laughs> he's not thinking about nothing. He's not thinking about, he's not even in the moment with us. Today's the best day of your life. But today, young man, you die. In my head, I was always like, Dad, I don't know if that's good, man. Like some people spent a lot of money for this thing. I don't think they like that one, bro. I don't think they like that one. Have you died yet today? Have you taken your ego to the cross? Have you died to your plans? Are you still living? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow. How often, Jesus? Oh yeah, every day. Because you know, every day pride starts talking. That was good on Sunday, but you know, we got stuff to do. Have you died yet today? Have you died to your agenda? Have you died to your plan? Have you died to your ego? Have you died to your past? You're not living until you die. Remember, what you refuse to lay down will eventually be taken away from you. What would profit a, a man if he gained the whole world, but he lost his soul? <laughs> I humble myself under his mighty hand, and I say, oh, Jesus, it's with an honor and a privilege. It is with such passion and such privilege and such reverence, almost like a wedding day. I cannot wait to live for you and not live for me. In fact, I tried to live for me, and I was miserable, but living for you is the adventure of a lifetime. And I tried to build my kingdom, and it never amounted to anything, and it left me dry, thirsty, and wanting more. But living for you, God, was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. So I'm happy to serve you. Humble people serve. Humble people care. And humble people love. Right down number three, they love. They love. They love. Jesus was full of love. He was not just full of compassion. He loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son, that if anybody would believe in him, they would not perish. I'll tell you what our city needs. Our city needs Christians that love people that are lost. Our, our, our world needs Christians that will love people right where they're at. Our, our, our world, our nation, they need a bunch of believers that will love people in their lostness, in their brokenness, in their waywardness, in their addiction. They don't have to look like us, act like us, talk like us, vote like us. We're going to love them the way God would. We're going to be his hands and his feet because that's what humble people do. Prideful people say you got to get right, but humble people say, I'll show you what's right. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, my brothers and sisters. 
Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love, through love, through love. The litmus test of James River Church, whether we love God and love each other is not what happens during worship on a Sunday. It's how we talk about each other in the parking lot. John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Prideful people say, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm hurt, I'm offended, I'm upset, I'm self-absorbed. Humble people say, God, how, how do I love my neighbor as myself? God, how do I love my siblings? How do I love my parents and honor them? How do I love my pastors? How do I love my church? How do I love my children? I want to be filled with love. People will not know that you're a Christian because of your social media bio. It says some scripture or at James River. People will know that you're a believer by the way you love them. It's love that changes things, right? It's the reason why we're here today is because God loved us. In all of our brokenness, in all of our waywardness, in all of our rebellion, God loved me and met me just where I am. And because of that, because of the love of God being showered onto me, I have enough love to give away. Remember, you cannot give away what you do not have. So one of the things I love about humble people is they're humble enough to receive his love. Ain't nothing worse in church than the starving baker. The one that's trying to give it away but never takes it in. I don't know about you, but I don't serve the Kool-Aid. I also drink the Kool-Aid. Because I know if I don't let God love me, how could I ever have enough love to give somebody else? So the way I stay in this thing is I humble myself under his mighty hand. Humbling myself is not going like, I'm the worst, I'm broken, I'm a mess. No, humbling myself is also standing strong, saying, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for feeling me. Thank you, God, for doing something great in me. Thank you for feeling me so my cup would overflow. Come on, anybody thankful today that God's love could overflow? Rivers of living water could flow out of you. But pride, pride says, no, 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 I'm not good enough. I got to get better. I got to do right. If I give more and I go on a mission trip and I serve more, and if I give to the youth building, then God will let you can't earn God's love. You can't deserve God's love. It is only by the grace of God and the humility of others that God says, there it is. There it is, son. There it is, daughter. Let me shower you. When Jesus sees Zacchaeus in a tree and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I got to go to your house. Do you know how much humility it took for Zacchaeus to let Jesus into his house? Zacchaeus is like, oh, I don't know if you should be around me, man. I'm like, I'm really not a good person. He gets into his house. Zacchaeus is like, let me tidy up a little bit. Sorry, the cleaner hasn't come by in a while. Do you, do you want some lemonade? He's like trying to get everything in order. And he looks at Jesus and he's like, Jesus, um, 
I'm sorry I've robbed a lot of people. I'm going to pay them back four times what I owe. Do you understand when you get close to Jesus, humility flows out of you. God, I'm sorry. I repent. Will you forgive me? I'm going to make things right. I'm going to do four times what I used to do because I know I've not been living the way you called me to live. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, the reason why we're so unhappy is because we keep drifting further and further away from the presence of God, further and further away from the will of God. But I'm telling you, if you go low, I wish I can grab your forearm right now. If you go low, God will shower you with love, shower you with his presence, shower you with his mercy. Don't believe the hype about pride. Don't believe the hype about living for yourself. Don't believe the pride. Pride sucks. No ego. Amigo. You ever see that game that they play and you try and get under the bar? What's that one called? Yeah, it's clearly I can't play it, right? Let me ask you. How low can you go? Or even better. How low is he asking you to go? Mm. 